We're starting John chapter 15 this morning, and uh, the emphasis of our message, or the title, is Vine Dresser, Vine, and Branches. Who those people are, and, um, and what their role, their passion, what their responsibility is. And let me just give you a little bit of context before we get into this. And James, can you turn me down a little bit? I feel like I'm a little hot up here. <clears throat> but uh, Jesus has been in the other room with his disciples. And uh, he's washed their feet. He's uh, initiated the Passover supper. Um, and uh, he's also um, has told Judas that to go and carry out what he has sold himself out to do, and that is to help religious leaders uh, have Jesus arrested. And, uh, and so we finished up last week in John chapter 14 and uh, didn't really focus on 29 through 31 a whole lot, and I want to read that before we get into John chapter 15. And in verse 29 of John 14, it says this, and Jesus says, and now I have told you before it takes place so that when it does take place, you may believe. He's talking about uh, his crucifixion. And verse 30 says, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. And so these are Jesus' last words in the upper room. And uh, he wants to, as, as bad as these events are going to be, that they are going to witness, he wants them to know that the enemy, Satan, has nothing on Jesus. Zero. Jesus is absolutely blameless and that all the things that are going to do are going to happen Jesus is doing voluntarily this is the father's will for Jesus's life and he wants to obey his father why because he loves his father he wants the father he wants the world to know that he loves the father Yes, he's dying for our sin. He loves us. He's dying in our place. But Jesus tells his disciples here that these things are not an accident. That I am doing what the Father has purposed for me to do. And so he tells the disciples, rise, let us go from here. And so now they're leaving the upper room and they're on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, I'm not sure how, how far that is. I'm not sure where the upper room was in, um, in Jerusalem. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hike of at least uh, three miles or so. And, uh, and along this walk to the garden, Jesus pauses with his disciples uh, in front of a grapevine. Uh, I imagine a grapevine is there. It's nighttime. Uh, they probably have torches. They have to have some type of light to, to see what Jesus is talking about. But here he is in front of these grapevines. 
He's paused there with his disciples, with the 11 disciples. Judas is now gone. And Jesus says these words. Verse 1. I want to read through verse 6 to begin with. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. I want to pause there for a moment and uh, address an issue that I think um, um, sidetracks uh, believers uh, from this passage of Scripture. Um, Jesus says in verse 1, and he distinguishes himself from his Father. Jesus says, Jesus says, I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine. If, you know, if you're familiar with the grapevine, the grapevine has a base, has a vine, a large vine that's coming up. And off that vine are branches, okay? And the branches are um, two kinds of people, uh, believers and pretenders. And we'll get into that in a moment. But Jesus says in, in this first verse, I'm the vine, but my father is the vine dresser. He is the one that's paying attention to the vine and the branches. He is the caretaker. And uh, as he talks about this in these first two verses, first six verses, the vine dresser does two things. He takes away branches and he prunes branches. Okay, and both are important, and we're going to talk about that this morning. Now, in one sense of the word, verse, verse, Jesus is preparing his disciples for two things. He's preparing them for defection, okay, because there's one that's not among them, and that one is Judas. There's only the 11 who are remaining. Don't be caught off guard by the one. And what kind of branch is the one? Okay, so he's preparing them for defection, and he's also preparing his disciples for persecution, which is part of the pruning process. And and Jeff will get into that uh, more next week. But um, it's these two things that uh, Jesus opens with. Now, I am a vineyard owner. Most know this, but some of you probably don't. But uh, I have, yes, I'm a vineyard owner. I have three grapevines in my backyard. Okay? 
and uh, th- they've been uh, part of my uh, backyard for 20 years. I have planted those grapevines. And um, I just want you to know this morning that the true vine dresser, the father, is a whole lot better than me. And uh, I've learned a few things uh, having uh, looked at this passage of Scripture this morning because I've been very disappointed with my vineyard over the last couple years. But uh, let's talk about the vine dresser for a moment. You know, some say, and this is where people get sidetracked, some say that this is a perfect text that speaks to a person, a believer, losing their salvation. They, that there is um, the possibility of believers losing their salvation. And that is not the case. Okay, and we're going to talk about that this morning. Jesus is talking about fruit bearing, not salvation. Okay, Jesus is talking to his disciples, his true believers. In the Bible, and as been going through John, Jesus is absolutely clear that a follower, a true follower of Christ, cannot lose their salvation. Let me look, read a couple passages of Scripture for you this morning. John chapter 6, verses 37 through 39. You can write this, pat, this note uh, on, on the um, edge of your Bible, margins. But it just says this, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. All that the Father gives to Jesus in in those disciples... Those true disciples, Jesus is going to keep to the very end. He will not lose them. Okay? Jesus is absolutely clear about this. And then in John chapter 10, you're probably more familiar with this passage, verses 28 and 29. Jesus says, I give eternal life them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. So whom Jesus receives, whom Jesus gives eternal life to, Jesus keeps forever. Okay? And so these are Jesus' words. We can go to other passages in the New Testament. We looked at Paul's words this morning in Ephesians chapter 1. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. He is our down payment. He is our guarantee for the inheritance that Mike Wade is experiencing um, and celebrating this very moment. So these are God's promises, and they are not in conflict with John chapter 15, okay? Uh, You cannot lose your salvation. So let's talk about the vine dresser taking away. Who is he taking away? 
fruitless branches. Now, verse 2 again. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. People who believe that this text is proof that people can lose their salvation, they say, every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Branches who are in Christ, what is he referring to there? I mean, these branches are certainly closely associated with with Jesus. If you look at a grapevine, there are lots of branches on on a grapevine. Some Some have branches that are producing fruit, and you can find a whole lot more that aren't producing fruit at least with my vineyard, okay? Now, (laughs) I'm not bragging. I'm a terrible vine dresser. But there are a lot of branches on a grapevine that have no fruit. Now, Jesus distinguishes between believers and true believers. He distinguishes between disciples and true disciples. Okay, let's look at a couple passages of Scripture. John chapter 8. Let's go back to John chapter 8 and start with verse 30. John eight thirty says this. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. Okay, there was a crowd around him. The Bible says, and many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Verse 33. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Verse 37. Jesus tells this crowd of believers, I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I've seen my father, with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. So there were people who believed in the audience They believed in Jesus that they didn't believe all of his words. And people who believe his word, all of his words, those are the true believers. And so you have nominal believers and then you have the true believers that believe his word, abide in his word. Let's go to uh, John chapter 6. Jesus speaks about believers, and he also speaks about disciples. John chapter 6, beginning with verse 60. The Bible says, And many of his disciples heard it, when heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Verse 64. But there are some of you 
who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And so here you have this crowd of followers. They're following Jesus because, you know, Jesus fed him in the past and they keep following him, thinking that he's going to feed him again and, you know, that Jesus is some kind of uh, gravy train kind of guy. And so in verse 60, they're identified as disciples. But in verse 64... They don't believe what Jesus has to say. Verses 66 through 69. So what happened to these disciples? And after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And so there are disciples who turn back, and there are true disciples who know that Jesus is the living Word of God, that he has the words of of eternal life. So there are many branches on a grapevine, many fruitless branches and some fruitful branches. And the, Jesus says the vine dresser takes them away. How does he take them away? <laughs> By his word. You know, as the word is spoken... The word can be very hard sometimes. You know, the word is uh, pruning. Uh, the word is meant to uh, help us become more like Jesus Christ. And the branches, the believers who don't, don't like what they're hearing, walk away. God removes them with his word. Those branches are fruitless, and they're just, they're takers. They're um, using the energy of the vine for their own personal reasons. They're not bearing fruit. God, Jesus says, I am vine, you are the branches. God wants us to prove um, produce much fruit, okay? Um, so this is a, and here's a perfect example of a fruitless vine or branch, Judas. Judas was never producing fruit. Judas was in it for himself. Judas was a hypocrite. Judas was a pretender, and he was a really good pretender. Because go back to John chapter 13, when Jesus told Judas to go and do it quickly, when he got up and left, the disciples never thought about the, the idea of Judas going and betraying Christ. 
they trusted Judas. They thought he was going to go off and do a good thing. And here, Judas was a phony. He was a hypocrite all along. He wasn't a Christian. He wasn't a true disciple, a true believer. Judas was in it for himself. He was following Jesus because he thought Jesus was going to be the next political leader. He was in it purely for personal gain. He was using the vine's resources for his own personal um, wants. So Judas is a a perfect example of a branch that the vine dresser will remove. And what does the Bible say in John chapter 14, verse 6? If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. And they are separated. Those fruitless branches are separated from God for all eternity in the depths of hell. In church, there are a lot of branches in the church today who have attached themselves to the vine, who have convinced people that they are in Christ, but the vine dresser knows who is the real deal and who is the pretender. Okay? So, second thing we see about the vine dresser the vine dresser not only takes away, but he prunes fruitful branches. Now, that is a very painful process for fruitful Christians. And it's prob- a lot of times when that pruning occurs, it, it caught, catches a lot of people off guard. But God prunes us, the vine dresser prunes us because he loves us And according to verse 8 that we haven't read yet, he wants us to produce much fruit. Now, as a vineyard owner and a vine dresser that is not as good as a father, um, yes, even fruitful branches require pruning. And the reason why they require pruning is that the vine dresser wants to get as much of the energy Uh, of the vine into the fruit so that the fruit can be healthy. And as you look at fruitful branches, you'll see see, uh, the grapes, the grape cluster um, closer to the vine. And then that branch can go on and on and on. And that's taking away a lot of energy from the fruit that the vine dresser wants to see produce. And so he prunes it. And when he prunes it, it can often be painful. And that branch can ask a whole lot of questions. Why? God has a plan. God has a purpose. And those who by in Christ, know these things. Oh, they may still be caught off guard. 
There may be tears in their eyes, but they know that God knows what is best. And so he prunes through trials, through discipline, through persecution, through suffering, Branches that are fruitful know the word. Know Jesus who is divine. And as hard as it is, they continue to abide. Okay? So this has nothing to do with one's salvation. The branches that are removed are the branches who are tenders who are hypocrites, who have convinced the other branches who are producing fruit, but God knows who they are, and he removes them because they do not believe the word. When people, when believers, when disciples heard Jesus' word, those words were too hard for them to continue, and they walked away. And God continues to do it even today. So this illustration focuses on abiding in the vine and producing fruit. So let's read verses 7 through 17. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. So abiding in a vine and fruit uh, producing fruit is what Jesus is talking about, what this is emphasizing in this text. Jesus says, if you want to produce fruit, much fruit, you must abide in Christ. And he uses this word abide ten times in ten verses, in verses one through ten. Abiding in now, Abiding means, uh, the word abide in the Greek is meno. And it means hanging out with, uh, loitering, staying with. Not, not this idea of 
back and forth, in sometimes and out sometimes. No, it is, it, it is a staying. It is a remaining. You know, I like to illustrate it with um, scrubbing a nasty pot, okay? Say you've uh, cooked and you've got this uh, nasty pot that uh, needs to be cleaned. And, uh, you know, you could go to the sink right away. And you could start scrubbing that and using soap and, you know, getting new water, hotter water. And there's a lot of work in scrubbing the pot. Or, you know what, you can let it soak overnight. If you take that pot, put hot water in it, some detergent, and let it soak overnight, come back the next morning, what's, what's it like? Boy, it just kind of slides right off, isn't it? Why? Because it's abided in the water. The word of God is our living water. Jesus is the word, and he wants you and I to abide in him. And when we abide in him, we can stay clean. Jesus said, told his disciples, um, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. We need the word, church. We must abide in him. Those who abide in Christ keep his commands and they're marked by love. They love the word of God. They obey the word of God. Not perfect. Okay, we all make mistakes. But when we make those mistakes, you know what? The word of God cleanses. We have the Holy Spirit who convicts us, you know, we're sealed in the Holy Spirit. He convicts us of sin, convicts us of righteousness, but he's there to remind us when, we've, when we're out of fellowship, we'll never lose that relationship with him, but the fellowship can be broken and the Holy Spirit's there to remind us, to confess. But his commands determine how we live our life. And we want to live by his commands. We want to be marked by love. Okay? Some people are harder to love than others. But you know what? As a Christian, as a true believer, we care for everyone. We love everyone. This is what um, describes our life, those who abide in Christ. I like what Tony Evans said about fruitless, uh, fruitfulness, okay? What is fruitfulness? Fruitfulness is a life of spiritual usefulness and productivity for the good of others and the glory of God. That's fruitfulness. Judas, it was all about him. He was only thinking of himself. He was the treasurer, and he was robbing the treasury. He didn't like what Jesus' Jesus's, uh, mission was. 
He thought he should start his kingdom here and now. And he was going to rule and reign with Jesus. And that wasn't happening. Uh, in this past week, Judas realized it and said, I've seen enough. I'm going to go and I'm going to turn him in. Why, why could he do that? Because he was a phony. He was in it for himself. Fruitful people are there to help, to serve, love others, and to glorify God. You can count on fruitful people. They are yes people. They don't have expressions that say no. (laughs) How can I help, Pastor? What can I do? And they are involved in the life of the church. They're not simply spectators. They show up on Sunday. That's good enough. They never give to the Lord's work. You know, that's too sacrificial. But uh, I'm here, Pastor, and encourage you this morning. God bless you. No. Fruitful people want to be involved in the Lord's work. They, they love being with God's people. They love to serve. They love people like Jesus loved people. They enjoy reading the word and keeping his commands. They, they talk to him in prayer. And uh, they see their relationship with Christ as a friend. They know Jesus is their friend. This is a description of of a fruitful person. Three things I want you to know about fruit. Fruit always bears the character of the tree that it is a part of. You never see an apple on an orange tree. You never see an orange on a pear tree. An orange tree is going to bear oranges because it's the character of that tree. Fruit always produces the character of the vine or the tree that it's a part of. Jesus the vine. And he is producing grapes. And the and grapes are the character of the vine. A fruitful person. Christian, believer, disciple, is going to look and act like Jesus. Second thing that you you can know about fruit is that fruit is always visible. (laughs) It's obvious that an orange tree is an orange tree because you can see the oranges or the grapefruit on the grapevine or the lemons on the lemon tree or the grapes on the grapevine. They are visible. They're not hidden. You know who the true believers are. And finally, this about fruit. Fruit exists for the benefit of somebody else. Fruit is meant to be eaten by somebody else. Fruit doesn't exist for itself. It's to be a benefit to others. A fruitful person wants to be a blessing to kingdom work and serves and is sacrificial 
for kingdom work. What are the benefits of fruitfulness? Well, number one, they get their prayers answered. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, If you ask, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in the Father, ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Pastor, are you saying if I ask anything, if I'm a fruitful Christian, if I ask anything that Jesus is going to answer your prayer? Yeah, that's what Jesus says. But in your asking, as you are, um, your life is descriptive of the character of Christ in your prayer life, you're going to be praying in Jesus' name according to his character. Your prayers aren't going to be selfish. They're not going to be self-serving. No, you want Jesus' will in your life. People who pray say, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And that was Patty Wade's prayer. Patty loved her husband. But Patty knew that she was, he, Mike was in God's hand. As Patty wanted to see Mike healed. Here and now. But Patty was praying, not my will, Father, but your will be done. God answered that prayer. Sometimes that's painful for those who are fruitful Christians and are going through the pruning process. Sometimes the answers to those prayers are painful. We don't understand, but we must trust fine dresser's hand. But God answers fruitful Christians' prayers. And why does he answer fruitful Christians' prayers? Because he trusts them. Look at verse 8. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. God can trust them with the answer, because he knows that God, he is going to get the glory from the answer to that prayer. Fruitful Christians don't get the credit, don't take the credit. They give all glory to God. And I want you to know, in having met with Patty and the girls, God is producing much fruit through them right now. They are glorifying God for what He is doing.
as painful as it is, they are giving all glory and praise to him. Even in the hospital with the nurses and docs, God was being glorified through the passing of Patty's husband. And the third benefit of producing fruit is that Jesus calls fruit producers friends, not servants. If you're bearing fruit this morning, if you're the real deal this morning, a branch, you're his friend. Not a servant, his friend. And in keeping his commands, they are not burdensome to you. A servant doesn't know what his master is doing. Jesus says, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. And I've called you friends from the very beginning. The Bible says in verse 16 that Jesus chose you. It's not about how good you were, the things that you were doing. You were an enemy of his. And while an enemy, Jesus died for you. And before the foundations of the world, God chose you. Fruitful fruitful Christians are prideful Christians. They know it's all about his grace. And again, as, as we go through the pruning process, fruitful Christians know that is as painful as it is, God hasn't abandoned them. They are in communion with the Trinity. All three are there for those who abide in him. Look at verse 14, verse 23 again. Chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus said, answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. It's abiding, okay? And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and be home with him. That's the relationship that fruitful Christians know that they have with the vine. Abide in him. So my question to you this morning is all, are you all in? Are you the real deal or are you an imposter? Imposters are really good at faking it. The disciples were convinced that Judas was the real deal. But the vine and the vine dresser knew Otherwise, fruitful Christians want to be baptized. They want to go public with their faith, testify through the waters of baptism. They know it's not by works. They know that it has, that it has nothing to do with salvation, but it's part of their testimony. And that they're not ashamed of their relationship and what Christ has done in their life. The real deal aren't shy about giving. 
They're generous with their time and their resources. They tithe. They can be counted on. They're there. They know that what they have is not theirs. It's only by the grace of God. And they want to be obedient. They want to bless God and say, God, these are all your resources. Not God only wants you to give back 10%. The real deal, do it. They love to serve wherever there's a need. They're in the word. They're praying people. They can be counted on. And if not, why not? Because they're in it for themselves. The vine dresser will take them away. So are you real or are you a faker? My encouragement to you is to become the real deal today. Believe his word and follow him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you um, for truth. And um, Lord, you know. You know the real from the fake. God, there are a lot of a lot of branches in the church, just like the grapevine, that have no fruit. They look good on the outside, they got lots of green leaves, and they look healthy. But God, you don't see any fruit. And you are going to remove them. And you are going to cast them in the fire to be burned for all eternity. God, I pray that those who have heard your word this morning and they know where they're at, that God, they would confess. They would humble themselves and in childlike faith, believe the truth. Jesus, your words that lead to eternal life. Thank you, Father, for your promises. Thank you for your pruning. Thank you for the testimony of Patty Wade and her daughters. God, we know that you sustain them, that the energy of the vine is going to each of their spiritual lives because they're abiding in you. And God, it shows. Continue to give them the strength that they need. Thank you for this time that we've had here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.